Welcome back to Butterless Popcorn, the podcast where we analyze our favorite movies through a series of outlandish questions. I'm Brett Tworski. I'm Adam Ottenheimer. This movie, as you just said, is so relatable to us. There are legitimately groups of people, I'm sure, that think of Robert De Niro almost as a comedic actor. This movie, in 2004, she was only 18, but she was an international superstar. Everyone knew who Lindsay Lohan was. Borden is, is Tim Duncan, but then, yes. you know, James Harden is kind of like that Angier. The other one is Mikowski. Oh, that's a hot take! I can't wait to rewatch it and to talk to you about that, that atrocious yet incredible movie for an hour. Welcome back to Butterless Popcorn. Today we are talking about a classic from 2000, Meet the Parents. God, I love this film. This is uh so this is one actually when when people ask me to recite my like top movies, I never really put it in there for some strange reason, but anytime I watch it, it it feels like it's my favorite movie. I have a really similar sentiment about that too. Um same thing. It's never in my tops and I don't quite know why, but every time I watch it, I love it and it's hilarious and it it gives me all the feels. Maybe it's because of when it came out, 2000, you know, we were a little young, so we, we couldn't appreciate it to its fullest, but, oh man, Ben Stiller plus Robert De Niro, not what you would think being the best dynamic duo in, in cinema, but they make it work, and it's spectacular, and They're... it's it's not how it was drawn up at first, and we'll get into that a bit, but it it is perfect. Yeah, it really is. Uh, so, Meet the Parents is a remake of an, an independent film from 1992 actually called Meet the Parents. And uh, that original script was acquired by Hollywood producer Nancy Tenenbaum, who then sent it out to a handful of directors and wanted to make it more of a big budget film. So the first director she reached out to was actually Steven Soderbergh, who is director of the Oceans films. So Scott Wolf probably would have creamed his <laughs> pants if, if this was made by him. Um, and then he declined and then she actually wanted Steven Spielberg to get on board and then he declined. So then finally it was given to Jay Roche, who was really popular already from doing Austin Powers, which I, I freaking love. I'm obsessed with Austin Powers. And then, uh, he brought on John Hamburg to help write. Um, and then it just kind of, you know, came to fruition from there. Uh, and I, and I think if it didn't have Jay Roche as the director to help bring on, to bring on John Hamburg as co-writer and everything, it, it wouldn't be the same movie. No, not at all. I mean, Steven Spielberg, uh, you, you can't say enough good things about him, but it felt like a package deal from what I was you know, researching was Steven Spielberg, but Jim Carrey would have been the lead role. And I I don't know. I mean, I, I look, I respect Jim Carrey, love Jim Carrey and, and what he's been in, but this is a completely different movie. Without Ben totally Stiller and Jim is. Carrey, it's yeah. I mean, I, Jim Carrey is, he relies so much on his physical comedy, where Ben Stiller is very Seinfeldian yes. in his humor. You know, well, he's and very subtle and dry. I don't know if it would be as like relatable as this movie really is. I mean, we say this about a lot of the films that we watch, but that that's what makes a comedy so good is that. You know, you're able to put yourself in the shoes of the of the characters, and Jim Carrey, he 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 makes something relatable and turns it quirky, and it's uh it's a it's a different type of watch, I guess is what I would say. 
Right. He's not as relatable as Ben Stiller, at least in in this sense of Meet the Parents, because Ben Stiller is just like, you know, Drew from New York, regular guy. You know, Jim Carrey would be some crazy dude who's Mm -hmm. meeting his girlfriend's parents. So it would be a really different movie. But it really is a classic. So, you know, Ben Stiller just trying to propose uh, and get the permission from from her parents. And, you know, everything that goes into it, just you feel for the guy the whole movie. Nothing seems to go right. And, you know, sometimes when you're watching movies and things, you know, bad shit just keeps happening, it starts to get a little frustrating from the audience view. This one, everything that happens, it's funny. Like when he sets the altar on fire, he fucks up so many times. And every single time I'm laughing like, oh, classic Greg Fokker here. Just wonderful. Yeah. The the antics get worse and worse and the scenarios just build until at the end it, it all explodes in his face. Um, and it's... It's it's amazing. I love, you know, it's I mean, there's a reason why there were two sequels made of this movie, one of which was OK. The other which was so bad. I, I actually so bad. really enjoyed uh, Meet the Fockers. Meet the Fockers is solid. Dustin Hoffman and Barbara Streisand bring a really good <laughs> it's a energy. Great to that duo. Movie. Yeah. But but the little Fockers is yeah, no. one of the worst movies I think I've ever seen in my whole life. I don't think I really laughed in that no. one. Yeah. Yeah, it was so bad. Uh, one of the reasons why I think this movie is actually really important of all the movies that have been made over the last 20 years, in fact, 2020, this is the 20th anniversary of this movie. Uh, this kind of was like a second wave for Robert De Niro, you know, up until this point, he had been acting since the mid sixties, mid to late sixties. And he was notorious for being this incredible method actor, this tough guy being in these really intense, you know, a huge partnership with Martin Scorsese, all these really intense movies like Goodfellas and Taxi Driver and Once Upon a Time in America. He had an image to him. He was already an icon. And then, you know, as, as you said, it's not the partnership you would expect with him and Ben Stiller, but he's really funny in this. Robert yeah, he is. And, and this kind of launches like, you know, a second act with him, where now a lot of the movies he's in are kind of are, are comedies. I mean there are there are legitimately groups of people I'm sure that think of Robert De Niro almost as a comedic actor, which is insane. So. Yeah, and it's I feel like Meet the Parents really launched that era for him where it's like, hey, I can be this funny guy, this like funny old yet still really intimidating tough guy persona, but have a sense of humor in my movies. It's it's a perfect bridge role, I would say, between, you know, the old and the new. But, you know, it's it's interesting too because I've I've read before that there are a number of actors and actresses that believe going from comedy to drama is not as hard as going from drama to comedy because it's just that timing aspect, which is so critical in every single comedy and don't get me wrong i'm sure it's critical in 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 all films but in comedy if you don't get that timing down right it's just not funny at all and somehow right. de niro is able to make that transition beautifully and it it really speaks to the kind of actor that he is yeah really good and speaking of de niro so he was the first choice for the role of jack burns 
And uh, and even though we said Greg was written for originally written for Jim Carrey, but they they wanted Robert De Niro immediately. Uh, so it clearly shows that that he showed them something that he was like, hey, I could do this. Like, I could be funny. Hey, you motherfuckers think I could be funny? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Give me the fucking yeah, roll. If you don't you give it to if you don't <laughs> if you don't fucking give it to me, I'm going to shove a pickaxe in your ear. We'll see who's be laughing then. I wish people could see your face right now because that's a pretty good De Niro. I, 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 while you were doing that, I was imagining, you know, that mole that he has on his I'll cheek. I'll just put my, put my finger on my cheek <laughs> while I do it again. Perfect. I, the De Niro is one of the impersonations I've I've practiced on quite a bit over the years. I love it. Yeah. Um, let's get a quick word from our sponsor, and then Adam want to get into the categories. Let's do it. This episode of Butterless Popcorn is brought to you by Stair Friends, the best companion you can have for a fixed price. In a world where it's nearly impossible to unplug from our phones and laptops, especially during the ongoing pandemic, looking outside your window with a cup of coffee in hand is the perfect opportunity to breathe and relax. And what better way to unwind and look outside than with a companion? With Stair Friends, you can select the gender, race, sexual orientation, and even IQ level of the person who will come to your home and stare outside your window with you for only $6 a minute. That's $6 a minute! So whether it's snowing, hailing, or the sun is shining bright, put down your electronics and get a view of the great outdoors every once in a while with your new stair friend. Call 1-800-780-STAIR to get your free trial started. That's 1-800-780-STAIR. Terms and conditions may apply. Now back to the episode. Welcome back to Butterless Popcorn. Let's get right into it. Adam, what are some of your nominations for best scene in Meet the Parents? There's probably uh, 10 I could choose from, but I actually only nominated two. First one is uh, milking the cat. So it's that whole dinner scene. I, I, I can't stop laughing just thinking about it, but up to the teat and he's just milking the cat, you know. <laughs> oh, man, it's so good. Uh, and then obviously the the iconic line from from uh, Jack afterwards, I have nipples, Greg, can you milk me? It's all part of it. It's so good. Um, and then the other scene I have is just in general at Kevin's house. It, it just oh, starts man. It starts with Greg seeing the pictures that Kevin has. <laughs> <laughs> and it's all him and Pam. They're still up. And, you know, Craig's already noticeably uncomfortable and just things go downhill from there. And just the, the comparison between Kevin and Craig, it, it couldn't be more different. It's it's incredible. I love it. That's really funny. We're, we'll dive into him in a little bit, but Owen Wilson is an unsung hero of this movie. <laughs> yes, he is. What are your what are your nominees? Yeah. Uh, so um, my scene of the movie is the big reveal after the uh after pam's sister's engagement party at like the tiki bar where they get home and then the big reveal with jinx and then it's where everything really blows up in greg's face when he calls out jack for operation kosamai (laughs) what is that jack operation kosamai jack Jack (laughs) spoiler alert um i and then greg uh you know um, gets his suitcase and then we find out that his name is Gaylord. It's like that whole stretch uh-huh. is, I, I love it. And not only is it great because everything blows up in Greg's face in that scene and it's, you know, the belly of the whale moment for him where it's like, he can't get any worse from here, but I really like it when they give him his suitcase 
because all the other guys are making fun of him. <laughs> and it's the one, it's the first moment of the movie where Jack doesn't laugh. Yep. Cause like Pam is, they're making fun of him and Pam looks so sad. And then Jack is like, mm, that's not funny. And it's the first glimmer of hope we have that Jack is on Greg's side. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I love that whole stretch. Uh, but other than that, I had like, you had the first dinner scene. Amazing. Um, the final scene bef- um, at the airport when Greg is in the security center, Jack comes in and gives him the <laughs> final lie detector test. Uh, the checking of the bag scene when oh, Greg man. is on the plane is amazing. And then finally, I love back off bitch or whatever. Yeah. So. <laughs> back off bitch. Yeah. That whole monologue is incredible. And then finally, I really like the scene when Greg proposes to Pam. It's, I don't know. It's, it's very hallmarky, but it's just a great scene between two people who love each other. And it's really wonderful. Uh, you're not, so you're talking about the actual one, not the one in the beginning of the movie. <laughs> When the kids fuck it up. Yeah, and then she gets a call that her sister just got engaged. Yeah, that's really funny. No, the actual one. I think it's really, I think it's no, a beautiful it scene. Yeah, I like it a lot. Uh, but yeah, I, I like the big reveal with Jinx after the party. So. I like that one. My my ultimate uh, winner is is the dinner scene. The milking Perfect. of the cat. What about best quote for you, Adam? Best quote. I mean, I'm just going to rattle them off. I got a ton. Do but uh, the first one. Not many men in your profession, Greg, are there? <laughs> it's like one of the first things he says to him. That uh, that is that, that theme about male nurses is brought up probably a dozen times in this movie, so and funny. it's just as funny every time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah you can milk uh, anything with nipples. I have nipples, <laughs> Greg. Can you milk me? It's one of the best. Perfect. If you're going to follow in somebody's footsteps, then who better than Christ? <laughs> Greg's <laughs> Jewish. <laughs> Oh, so is JC. <laughs> just, just Owen Wilson. It's, it's, it's one of the best oh, Owen Wilson lines oh, I've God. ever heard him say. I forgot. I don't have that one written down, but I totally remember what he said. He refers to him as JC. Yeah, he's like, oh, so is JC. Yeah, he's got the whole like Jesus altar thing. <laughs> oh God, it's so funny. Oh God. All right, keep going. And, and the last, roll. the last one I have though is what we just said. Jack can talk Thai. Jack taught Thai very well. Oh my God, that is so great. Do you have a winner? Yeah, I'm gonna go with the Owen Wilson. <laughs> so is JC. <laughs> wow, that is so good. I, I won't repeat all the ones you had, but I'll just say some of my highlights. Um, I have nipples, Greg. Will you milk me from Jack? That might be the most iconic one from the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also have, oh, no, Dina. Jack can't talk Thai. Jack talk Thai very well. <laughs> That's actually my favorite. I'm going with that one. Nice. Uh, I I love Gaylord Fokker. Will you be my son-in-law? <laughs> I love that one. Uh, and then another good Owen Wilson one. Wow, that's really great. I'd love some. T- I'd love to find some time to do some volunteer work. Just in the day, I saw a golden retriever. He had like a gimp. You know, I just wish I could have done something. <laughs> and then Greg goes, and then Greg goes, yeah, well, I get paid, so it's a win-win. <laughs> just the best part about that is that what he's about, it's just a dog. It's just a random story about some dog that has like <laughs> And then I do, I do have an honorary mention, and I and I would like to read it, 
it's it's Greg's whole monologue on the to the flight attendant when she wants to check his bag at the end. She's bothering him on the plane and he goes, if you would just take a second, take the little sticks out of your head, clean out your ears, and maybe you would see that I'm a person who has feelings. And all I have to do is what I want to do. And what I want to do is hold my bag and not listen to you. And the only way I would ever let go of my bag is if you came over here right now and tried to pry it from my dead, lifeless fingers. If you can get it from my kung fu grip, then you can come and have it, okay? Otherwise, step off, bitch. <laughs> I I think that that is incredible. The, I think the it's so clincher good. at the end of Steph off bitch, it's it's money. Yeah, it, it's incredible. That that's one of my favorite Ben Stiller monologues ever. You know, I wonder how much because you know I, Ben Stiller has ad libbed like quite a bit, and he's uh, yeah. he does some impro- you know improvising. I I wonder if some of that was uh, was improvised because he was just on a roll. Exactly. Yeah, I feel like it probably was some of it. It's I feel like that is really hard to write, especially in the way he acted it out too. I mean, Ben Stiller is very talented, so maybe he did, but like, yeah, it just kind of seems like that was off the cuff. Yeah. He was, he was rolling with that. Oh, loved every second of that. Is, is that your winner? No, I think my winner is, is Jack talk tie very well. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I love I just, it. Oh, yeah. I just, I'd love that one. I feel like I, I have said that one the most over the years. So fair point. That's, All right. That's my quote. Brett, if, uh, if you had to be friends with a character in real life, who are you, who are you going with? It's really easy. It's Greg Fokker. He's he's an all-around genuine guy with the best intentions in the world. He's Dry humor is his thing. Great for me. Uh, his one flaw, though, is that since he's a nurse, he'd be that one friend to tell you that everything you're doing is killing you. Yeah. Right? So he'd be like, oh, you have a cough? probably have lung cancer <laughs> um but you know great guy nothing wrong with him like just be a really good friend the other nomination i did have here though is denny pam's brother okay he he listens to good music you know he had hip-hop playing in his bedroom when, when greg walked in he could probably get you some free weed as a huge stoner although he'd probably frame you in the end for it mm-hmm. um which is why i ultimately choose greg because he just doesn't seem like a trustworthy guy so i'm so- going with greg here I, I also have Greg. I do have one honorable mention, but sticking with Greg, you mentioned his humor. <laughs> it reminds me the funny part of the movie that, you know, the writing is so clever and something that keeps, you know, popping up throughout the movie is, uh, you know, Greg, like, got to pay a visit to the shower fairy. <laughs> and then <laughs> he's got like, he mentions that before um, and it doesn't land. But then at the, uh, at the tiki party or whatever, you know, after they think he found Jinx and he's like, yeah, yeah I got had to pay a short visit to the, what is it? The bathroom fairy or something like that. <laughs> and everyone cracks up. They love yeah. it <laughs> because he gained their respect by supposedly finding Jinxie. Right. So, uh, that kind of humor, I could have that in my life. So I'm going with Greg, but my honorable mention is Kevin. <laughs> uh, nice. You know, we just, we love those kind of douchebag type uh yeah type characters and i mean the guy's successful he's got a fucking pool with a volleyball net in his in his house so massive house yeah uh yeah i'm 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 sticking with greg but uh kevin kevin's close behind wow surprising wow wow <laughs> well adam that's a good segue into this next one who do you think's the biggest asshole in this movie I have two and an honorable mention. One of them is Kevin, obviously. Uh, Jack is going to be my winner here. I mean, that's his character. He's supposed to be an asshole. 
My honorable mention, though, is Dr. Larry Banks, because <laughs> he has some one-liners that, you know, so I'll say one of them, but he's, I'm paraphrasing, but he's like, hey, Fokker, if uh, nursing doesn't work out, you could try a career in espionage. <laughs> it's after he blows the Kosamui yeah. uh, surprise. It's just such a dick. Guy's a fucking asshole. Uh, Dr. Larry Banks was actually my winner, too. That guy's oh. such a, he's such a dick. He's such an asshole. And he, as you just said, he always he's constantly making fun of Greg throughout the whole movie. So he mocks him about his profession as a nurse multiple times. Um, he also mocks him for his driving after yes. Greg, after Greg tries to speed home. I mean, and this guy, I think he's drunk in the scene too, but like he gets out of the car and he's like, he's a lunatic. He's a <laughs> lunatic. And then he also really shits on Greg when they're in the pool playing volleyball. He's like, come on, fucker. <laughs> yeah, he's suck. giving him shit. Yeah. He's giving him shit. And it's like, if you put this into perspective, Greg doesn't even know this guy. He's no. known him for like a day. And the guy is so mean to him. Yeah, he is. Yeah, fucking dick. Uh, yeah, imagine so I, that. That's that would be what your who who is that in relation to? So he's not even he's not even remotely related to this guy. Yeah, it, it's <laughs> gonna be so it would be Greg's sister, Greg's sister-in-law's father-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> Think about that. There's no business being mean to him. Think about that. <laughs> oh, Ridiculous. Man. But side note, so Dr. Larry Banks is played by James Rebhorn, who's been in so many movies throughout the year. Uh, one of your favorites. Absolutely. Mr. Jo- Mr. George Wilbur. Mm-hmm. And my, my cousin, cousin Vinny. Vinny. He's got that 357 Magnum. Yeah, he's... So he's... But it, these are all like somewhat smaller roles. So Independence Day, it, it, that's a big one. Yeah, he's right. really good in Independence Day. Anyway, he's never like the lead role in a movie. He's always just a, a good side character. Mm-hmm. Head of state. <laughs> Oh, he's the senator in head of state. <laughs> yeah, he's like the evil senator who, like, it's been his plan to become president the whole time. Yes, that's really good. <laughs> uh, but speaking of biggest dick, so Larry Banks was my choice, but then Jack was a was a nominee for me just because, I mean, he's from the get go, the big dick to Greg, you know, Pam's tough guy father who doesn't give Greg a fair chance from the start, but uh, just based off of how the movie ends and and Jack. You know, his character development, he comes to realize that he should lighten up a little bit. It's compared to Larry Banks, who's just a fucking asshole. The whole time. The whole time. (laughs) It's him. So that's it for me. The Jack in the beginning, though. I mean, that is is tough to watch. Um, Yeah, he's a dick. Which which, which does actually lead into our next category, which is uh, the most cringeworthy scene. Well, what are some nominees you have here? So my winner is the first dinner which we've already talked about, but it's it's the first really big cringeworthy moment of the movie too, and so much happens. It all starts with uh, Greg saying grace. Yes. And he's just rambling. You kind, he's just... gentle God. <laughs> day by day, by oh, day. Oh, God. <laughs> by day. <laughs> and they're just looking at him like, what the fuck is this guy doing? So That's that, and it, but, and I love when, when Jack is like, Greg, would you like to say grace? And Pam's like, dad, Greg's Jewish. And he goes, no, Pam. It's like, I've never said grace before. <laughs> <laughs> no, you've never fucking said grace before. <laughs> uh, so it starts with that. And then, oh my God. And then it goes into Jack reading the poem about his dead mother. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's terrible. It's so bad. It's so bad. And they all and, and they all say it's like the best shit they've ever <laughs> it's heard. It's beautiful. It's so bad. He's like, till the cancer ate you away, and ate your bones away, and then he's like, I'll see you up day one day up there in heaven. And it's horrible. They love it. So that happens, which is right away. Those two are so cringy. And then it goes into milking the cat, which oh, is like, man. Greg, what are you talking about? You're clearly <laughs> lying out of your anus right now. Like, what are you doing? And then Greg finds out that Pam was engaged to Kevin, which then forces him, while he's opening the champagne, to shoot the cork. It hits the urn oh. of Jack's mother's remains and shatters all over the place. And then Jinx pisses on the ashes on the <laughs> yes. floor. It is like so much stuff happens in that movie that just makes you curl up into a ball and go, oh, God. Wait, what is it that uh, Greg thinks the urn is before he realizes, before they tell him it's the grandmother? He's like, what is this, Jack? Some of your. I, uh... Oh, doesn't he just say it's a very, really nice vase? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what I he says. He might. I think he just says, oh, that's a beautiful vase. <laughs> oh, man. That is so yeah. no, but I think he says something that like, gets him in trouble, and they're like, "Actually, that's uh, Jack's grandmother." <laughs> oh yeah, wait, he does something, and then he goes like, <laughs> yeah. "Yeah." I don't. I'm completely blanking on it. There's so much yeah. from that scene that's absolutely. I know that blank. scene is jam packed. So that's my cringe with the scene. But then the only other one I had was uh, Jack and Greg riding in the car together when they listen to Peter Paul and Mary puff the magic dragon. <laughs> It's super cringy because that's their first time being alone together, and uh, it, their their conversation is really awkward. Their pacing is really awkward. Like Greg doesn't know what to say to Jack or anything, <laughs> and and then he has to explain the meaning behind the song about the magic <laughs> yeah. dragon. And Jack's like, "It's about his magical dragon." <laughs> so, but I'm going with dinner. How about you? Uh, I'm pretty similar. So the first one I had here was Puff the Magic Dragon. Uh, I had the whole dinner scene saying grace. And a few more. The lie detector test was was pretty tough. Which actually, I saw that was uh, Robert De Niro's idea to put that really? in there. So yeah, oh my so God. Yeah, that's money right there. But do, um, do you watch porn? Do you watch pornographic videos? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Love that. It was good. Uh, Greg setting the uh, the altar on fire. Yeah. And uh, the <laughs> let's talk Operation Kosamui. <laughs> that that one was tough. You thought it was the big breakthrough, and th- that was tough. But my winner, the grace, the the dinner scene, it, it's perfect. Yeah, it's, it's it's amazing. So, what do you think is Greg's worst lie then? <laughs> oh God, uh, the first one uh, about hating cats and not hating cats is pretty funny because it's such like a. It's so stupid to lie about it. But like right off the bat, he's like, I don't, I don't hate cats. What are you talking about, Pam? <laughs> I mean, speaking coming from someone who strongly dislikes cats, but I might be forced into getting one soon. I can relate to that one million percent. So. Uh, okay, so that's, I guess that's got some validity. The uh, the next one up here is Greg, Greg growing up on the farm. It's yeah, in Detroit. <laughs> what? It just makes no uh, sense. No, not at all. And then. The last one I have here, it's my ultimate winner, but it's the spray painting of, of Jinx's tail. Spray painting it black as a uh, temporary solution till he found the real Jinx. Yeah, I had the same exact thing for me. The only two I even brought up were the cover-up for Jinx and then the living on the farm. The, the reason why I chose Jinx is because, you know, that is like he's fucking over a family, like a cat that belongs to their family, you know? 
Whereas living <laughs> on the farm, he's just rambling about himself. Whereas like Jinxie was let out and ran away because of him. He opened the door, let Jinxie out, and he got another cat <laughs> from a shelter and spray painted the tail and conned him off as Jinxie. It's like that is terrible. And he's walking in like he's hot shit, you know, with uh, when he's walking up to the rehearsal and he's got the cat in the in the cage and he's just feeling it. But yeah, it's a lie the whole time. Yeah. Um, I, I am kind of surprised, though, that Jinx, you know, for as good of a cat, the, the cat knows how to take a shit in the toilet. Yet as soon as it goes outside, it just like wanders off like an idiot. I was a little surprised by that. Jinxie's smart, but not too smart. Unless like he's uh, Jinx was trying to frame Greg the whole time. Uh, probably. <laughs> uh, let's take a break, get a word from our sponsor, and then back to it. This episode of Butterless Popcorn is brought to you by Hana Box. Nothing beats the holiday feeling of waking up in the morning and opening boxes and boxes of presents. Don't you wish you could feel that way every day? Well, now you can. Introducing Hana Box, the only box delivery service that will deliver boxes right to your door with a good old-fashioned Old Testament holiday cheer. Simply log on to the Hana Box app, enter your address and desired quantity, wake up a few days later, and boom, Hana Box. The only way to feel the holiday spirit 365 days a year. Presents sold separately. And now, back to the episode. Welcome back to Butterless Popcorn. All right, Brett, uh, meet the parents. Let's let's kick off some casting calls, and then uh, we'll get into some trivia a bit later. But we'll start off with uh, which actor or actress would you actually like to see replace one of the stars in the movie here? I just got one. I'd like to see Jonah Hill as Greg. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I, I, first of all, you you need another Jewish comedian here. Check. You need someone who's a really versatile. Oh no, sorry. Even though Jonah Hill has become really versatile over the past, you know, fifteen years, he's really good at playing like the anxious and kind person, uh, and he can play the gentle boyfriend. I, I, I want to see it. I want to see, let's say, like, super bad Jonah Hill, but like, but like six years older. Yeah. Where he's really nice, but isn't afraid to just be like, hey, what are you doing? That was a terrible impression. <laughs> yeah, but, it, it was, but I, I, yeah. I, I get where you're going with it. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like it would work because he would go out of his way to impress Jack. And I can see Jonah Hill doing that well, like Ben Stiller does, where he's feels the pressure so hard that he, you know, actually fucks it all up in the process and then makes these insane lies to cover his ass. I don't know. I see Jonah Hill doing really well with that. I do see, you know what it kind of reminds me of is, and this is one of Jonah Hill's first movies, but accepted you know he he's he's trying so yeah. hard to fit in with the with the BKE and uh <laughs> ask me about my wiener <laughs> right right he's doing all this yeah. shit you're like why are you doing that and then he finally is just like screw it i don't need to impress anyone i'm just going to be myself right and you know lay it all out there it, it's it's kind of similar i could actually that would be interesting i like it yeah i thought that would work that was my only one i think robert de niro is absolutely perfect for this role i i tried to think of another tough guy who also has 
like the ultimate star power in Hollywood and who also could be funny. And I could and I couldn't think of anyone who would be better than Robert De Niro for this. Uh, I I only had one as well. And as much as I love Owen Wilson as Kevin, uh, I actually have Robert Downey Jr. coming in Ooh. to to replace him. So I I think you know Robert Downey Jr. just a pompous, arrogant, rich asshole. I mean, yeah, he plays son, that in Iron Man, but you know that's that's his character, that's his thing. And you know, I could just see him with the giant house and just you know pretending like he's not trying to impress anyone but clearly trying to impress everyone <laughs> and uh just being so outlandish about it i think i think that would uh play well into this yeah the the only only turn i have on that is i i don't see owen wilson as like i don't necessarily think he's trying to be a dick when i watch him in this movie i think he's just something's wrong with him in the head <laughs> And he's 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 clearly obsessed with Pam still, and it's been years since they broke up. But like he's obsessed with her still, and but I think he's a genuinely nice person in this movie. He's just I don't it's like something's wrong with him in the head, and he's really nice. But the things he says, he, like for example, when he when he talks about when Greg says he's a nurse and he's like, Oh, I would love to do some volunteer work. <laughs> I don't think he's taking a shot at Greg. I think his, his mental fortitude is just like, Oh, that's so nice of him. that He's a nurse. Like yeah, he's, just, he's delusional you know? in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. I, so whereas, whereas Robert Downey Jr. Is like, oh, fucking piece of shit. You're a nurse. You know right. what I mean? Yeah, and there is kind of enough of that already with you know with Banks and, and his family already shitting sure. on Greg. So sure, and I and I like fair. the I like the take. I like the take. I just that's where I see the differences where they'd come in. Okay, I respect it. So leading into it, uh, you know, this is a, a similar path here, but would this movie be better or worse than with Bradley Cooper in it? It'd be fucking great with Bradley yes. Cooper in it. And and I'm sure you're on the same page as me with this, specifically Wedding Crashers, Bradley Cooper. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'd, and and I would actually have him be Dr. Bob. Oh, you have him as Dr. Bob. Okay. I have. So I have him as Pam's sister's fiance. So it's it's a small role. He He's only in a handful of scenes and he only has a handful of lines. But Dr. Bob's character is already kind of a dick because just like his dad, he's making fun of Greg. Mm-hmm. And so Bradley Cooper would be so good at making fun of Greg for being the nurse and at just like giving him shit all the time. He would be so good at that. So I think it'd be fucking great. I'm completely with you. Would love Bradley Cooper in there. And I think that's the appropriate role that you chose. However, I did put Kevin just because I want more out of Bradley Cooper when it crashes Bradley Cooper. And that's what gives it to me. So. Yeah, I can't wait to do that Wedding Crashers pod where we get to... We'll probably talk about Bradley Cooper and Wedding Crashers for like 20 straight minutes on that pod. Oh, it's going to be reckless, but it's going to be... Oh, it's going to be next level. It's going to be so good. It's going to be great. So, Adam, which actor do you think was the most annoying to work with on the set of Meet the Parents? I think... I think Robert De Niro. Um, You know, he's playful in this one, and we've talked about this quite a bit, and... You know, he's so good. He's so funny. But at the same time, if I'm another actor or actress on set, I do not want to fuck up. <laughs> like, he's perfect. I I don't just, I still got that, like, you know, 
Bronx Tale Godfather thing in the back of my head, and I'm like, I yeah. nothing that he really does specifically, but that persona that he carries with him from previous roles would be super intimidating. I could see Ben Stiller messing up a line or something, and then when they cut off set, he goes, Stiller, you better fucking get that line next time. I swear <laughs> to fucking God. If you mess that line up again and we got to redo the scene, I swear to fucking God, I'm going to crank your head over the sidewalk so hard you're going to spew blood everywhere. Yeah, like something like that. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I see <laughs> where you're coming from. Off, I see yeah. where you're coming from. Yeah. That said, uh, I chose Owen Wilson for this because... <laughs> so... This movie was made in the year 2000. Owen Wilson had only been in a few films over the course of a couple of years up until this point. He was very new to acting. He was in his first movie was Wes Anderson's Bottle Rocket, which is really funny. But then like since then, it would it only been three and a half years and he'd been in a couple movies. So he's in his early 30s at this point. I see a young Owen Wilson going totally gaga over being on set with Robert De Niro. And I'd see, you know, maybe he, maybe he's not as annoying for everyone on the set, but I think he bugs the shit out of Robert De Niro on set. So like asking him all these questions about, yeah, (laughs) right. So like constantly making small talk during lunch breaks, asking him what it's like to work with Meryl Streep, what it's like to give an Oscar acceptance speech. (laughs) Robert, I I, I I love your work. Wow. I'm a huge (laughs) fan. I'm a huge fan. Can you tell me what it was like to be in The Godfather Part Two? <laughs> wow! And it's just like, oh, and get the fuck away from me, please. Just, you know, you know? RDN, uh, Scorsese, <laughs> y'all. <laughs> yeah, it's that. I can just see Owen Wilson being the little pest, following Robert De Niro everywhere because he idolizes him, and he's a young actor coming up. Whereas Robert De Niro is like, get the fuck away from me, Adam. Let's get into some trivia. Okay, I have. Uh, well, I think I have three questions here, and so we've uh, we've alluded to one of them, but I'll start off with that one. Uh, Brett, name the two questions that Jack asks Greg during the poly- polygraph tests that uh, makes the needles jump. So, have you ever watched pornographic videos? Is one. Yep. Oh man. <laughs> Is it? Do you smoke marijuana? No, that is wait, not it. Wait, don't don't say it. Don't say it. Um, <laughs> fuck, I don't know. Tell me. Was the pot roast undercooked? <laughs> oh no, that's such a good one. <laughs> and and Greg, Greg's like, I mean, it's you know a little on the rare side to, to my liking, but he's like, relax, Greg. <laughs> oh no, that's such a good one. Was the pot roast undercooked? Well, no. First, does doesn't he go? Was did you have pot roast for dinner? And then he goes, yes. And he goes, yes. And it yes. wasn't undercooked. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. That's a great one. Yeah. All right. Uh, my first one for you. How many years was Jack in the CIA for? Oh, no. <clears throat> 32 years? 34. Oh, no. Oh, I knew it was right around there. Man. Oh, that's good. Okay. So actually going right off of that. What was Jack's role in the CIA? Oh, I, I'm not going to get the exact wording, but he was there to uh, like investigate double agents. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, that's what I had. Interrogate the agents who they suspected might have been double agents, yeah? Okay, cool. Nice job. Um, 
what type of doctor is Dr. Larry Banks, Dr. Bob's father? Oh, this is where they talk him up to be like the greatest. And he's like, oh, stop yeah. it. Or something. Yeah. Is it plastic surgeon? It is. Yes. <laughs> nice. Well done. Nice. Yeah, because they're like in the world famous plastic surgeon, Dr. Yep. Larry Banks. Yeah. Nice. That was good. Um, last one I have here. How did Kevin make all of his money? Well, he works on Wall Street. He does. Wasn't it in, wasn't it in stocks? Yeah, he well. Well, because yeah, he says he was, to Greg, like, how's your how's your stock game? How's your, how's your portfolio? Greg, he's like, how's it's, your portfolio? It's a strong to <laughs> very strong. <laughs> Quite strong. Uh, so is yeah, that it, was, it? It was wireless IPOs. Yeah, but yeah, it's essentially uh, okay. stock. But <laughs> just... Um, uh, Greg's so, a nurse. <laughs> Greg's a nurse. Thanks, thanks, Jack. <laughs> Greg's a nurse. Um, my final. <laughs> I can't stop. All my right. final. My final question. This this one's tough. What was the name of the cat that Greg supposedly milked when he lived on a farm as a kid? It's Petto, or Petto, or something, or it's, it's uh. Yeah, it's Petto. You got about half of it. It's I think it's Geppetto. <laughs> <laughs> I think he called it Petto for short. Maybe I don't. Know. That's hilarious, though. I remember him saying, oh, "I named it Geppetto." <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> the cat. Oh man, <laughs> Geppetto. The theme uh, of cats in this movie is strong. God, I love that. All right, Brett, let's uh let's take one quick break and uh come back for some uh some what ifs and some more outlandish questions. This episode of Butterless Popcorn is brought to you by Spife. Too often we are faced with the difficult challenge of deciding which utensil to bring with us on a picnic or camping trip. Do we bring the fork, the spoon, or even the knife? Throw away conventional thinking and bring the spife. The spife is uniquely designed to offer all of the benefits of a knife and a spoon in one. Need to cut your sandwich in half? Use the sharp edge of the spife, which never needs sharpening. Trying to scoop in a dollop of your mom's favorite stew? Use the curved side. The spife offers everything you need in one utensil, without the hassle of bringing two items. To get your new spife, call now and use the promo code BUTTERLESS. That's promo code BUTTERLESS. You'll get half off, plus a free plastic sample of the Nork. Food sold separately. And now, back to the show. Welcome back to the show. Let's get right into it. Adam, if you were to take one scene from Meet the Parents and turn it into a musical, which scene would that be? I talked about this uh, scene before, but it's the whole Operation Kosamui debacle. So um, I'm going to have it start with you know everyone kind of kicking Greg out of the house. You know, after he blew the cover, um, and everyone's like, "Get out, get out!" But then, you know, as he's walking out, the airline worker with Greg's bag shows up, and the music stops, and you just hear like it's just spoken word: "Special delivery for Gaylord Fokker." <laughs> and then the music starts back up, and everyone in the background is Gaylord. Gaylord. Oh, that's so dark. <laughs> and Greg is covering his ears. It just keeps ringing. He keeps hearing that in his head as he like storms off and goes off set and, and drives away. And it just sticks with him the whole time. 
That's really funny. Tell him, Jack. Tell him about Kusamai. 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 It was Hawaii, you bitch. It was Hawaii, you bitch. That's pretty funny. I see that. I like that. Um, my musical scene was when Greg and Jack are in the security room at the airport in the end when they work out their issues. I'd imagine they'd each go into song about how they truly feel about one another, being very open and honest for the first time in the movie. So it, c- it could be like really fast back and forth singing. So Jack could be like, do you smoke pot? No, but have you ever smoked pot? You bet. And then it gets really deep into how Greg loves Pam for who she is. And he would really care for her. And, you know, I love your daughter, something like that. And then finally it ends with Jack getting down on one knee, proposing to Greg, ask him if asking if he would be his son-in-law. Oh yeah. And then the, and then like the curtains go down. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Really good. <laughs> So just Adam imagining if, Robert De Niro in a musical. Oh, I'm sure he's I'm he's done theater before. I'm not sure if he's ever done musicals, but I know he's done stage acting. Oh, he could do it. Um, he could do anything. He's the best. So tell me, Adam, if Meet the Parents was placed in the eyes of another character, who would that character be and how would the plot unfold? It's probably no surprise to you, but uh, going Kevin here. I, I Fuck, need I, guy. <laughs> Okay, well, let's see how similar these are. So I I'm going with Kevin, you know, he thinks he's uh, captured his dream girl. It's it's really everything he thinks that a relationship should be, but he just can't win the approval of her father. And so, you know, his fiance Pam eventually dumps him. He then, you know, magically has a great relationship with her father afterwards. And, you know, things are getting better and, you know, he's getting happier. But then, you know, Pam's new boyfriend walks in, Greg, and... Kevin can tell that that Greg and Jack don't really get along. And, you know, I put here, he he doesn't want the same thing to happen to Greg. But he kind of does as a little revenge. And so it's just uh, Kevin wrestling with that decision on how he should uh, intervene in the situation or let Greg go up in flames. I like that. Mine's mine's actually not too far off. Okay. So here's what I have it opening shot it begins with kevin checking his email seeing he's involved in a new thread about getting together with pam's family and he noticed that notices that there's this guy named greg fokker on the email chain and then he sees a picture of pam with her new boyfriend in the email thread and he's like <laughs> shit and this is like already years after they've broken up so kevin makes it a goal now he vows to get Pam back and destroy Greg. And he's going to woo her by his new money, his big house, his his new passion for carpentry, and especially becoming buddy-buddy with Jack, Pam's father. Um, and then as he finds out, though, throughout the rest of the movie, none of those things will win Pam back because she was just never in love with him. It was purely physical. Purely <laughs> Purely physical. I'm going to go throw up now. (laughs) He's brushing his teeth, yeah. Uh, No, I really like that. I mean, I think we can both agree. Give me Bradley Cooper as Kevin in a lead role in Meet the Parents uh, rewritten. That would be – he would, like, murder Greg in that. (laughs) If if he's being – if he's reprising his role from Wedding Crashers. (laughs) Okay. 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 (laughs) They're overpopulated, yeah. 
Pam, you break up with Greg right now. Get back on, get back on the fucking Jesus altar. <laughs> yeah, so uh, that's, that's how that would go. But Adam, if Morgan Freeman narrated Meet the Parents, recite a part that he would say, a scene that he would do. So this is gonna be tough. Uh, we'll see how our Morgan Freeman impersonations go. But this is gonna be a test. <clears throat> I think I can't look at your face while I'm doing this. All right, then. Do, then, then, so, then uh, all, all right, right. I, I blocked you out. out. I'm going here. And so there Greg was, holding his hand up to his imaginary cat tits, squeezing, <laughs> <laughs> squeezing them one after another, first the left, then the right, and then the left again, until... There was no more imaginary milk left. I think, in a way, Greg was really milking himself. <laughs> That's, That's pretty good. Your your impression was was eh. But, yeah, it was a but, bit uh, southern. <laughs> bit well, I mean, he does have a southern flair to his to his to his voice. But no, I like that. That was that was actually like in the psyche of Greg. Yeah, <laughs> I liked that. All right, let's let's hear yours. So mine is him trying to read like a real scene. So I have him if, imagine if Morgan Freeman were narrating the first like five minutes of the movie. Okay. okay. So here's how it would go. Greg and Pam met on a blind date 10 years ago amid the icy Chicago winter. They fell in love instantly. He admired her dedication of teaching her love of children and the way her lips curled when she tried to get angry, but couldn't help but smile. Pam loved that Greg was a male nurse, that he wasn't afraid to shatter the stereotypes of men working in the medical field. She fell for his kindness, compassion, and complete dedication to making her happy. They hadn't said it yet, but they knew that they were meant to be together forever. Greg had even purchased the diamond, but one thing stood in Greg's way. Pam's parents, especially her hard-nosed, old-school, former CIA agent father, Jack Burns. <laughs> yes. That's it. And then it like and then and then it ends with them pulling up in the driveway where Greg meets Jack for the first time. I love that. That's a that's textbook narration right there from Morgan Freeman. Thanks. Did my best. <laughs> Oh, uh, that was fun. I think it's uh, I think it's best Morgan Freeman sat this one out, but probably one, one could imagine. <laughs> is he? What I'm trying to remember. What is he in? That's funny. I mean, like I know the bucket list with Jack Nicholson was supposed to be kind of funny. Bruce Almighty, but oh yeah, Evan Almighty. There you go. Yeah. He play, He plays God. That's right. Good call. Good call. I am God. Yeah. Good call. Uh, that impression too. Not bad. Thank you. I've I've never I've. I think the first couple I actually changed it from like the first couple sentences in. I started off a little southern. So I originally uh-huh. had like Greg and Pam met on a blonde date. <laughs> but then I but then I felt went into like they fell in love instantly. That's it's what you need you need to like drop pacing. off the sentences at the end, like the yes. only thing that stood in his way. Yeah. Yes. It's like Andy Dufresne. <laughs> escaped from Shawshank prison. You know, while you were saying that, I'm not going to lie. I was imagining the narration of Shawshank as you were it's saying your Morgan Freeman. It's the best. You have it is to. the it is the single greatest narration in the history of movies. Yep. It's the best. So, Adam, 
Moving on to plot what ifs. Give me some. I got two here. The first one, what if Greg actually beat Jack home to get to Jinx first? Like, what, what would he have actually done? You like, know, he I was, was fucked either that. way. Yeah. So I'm trying to think, like, what would he have done? Like, th- like thrown Jinx out the window and be like, oh, God, Jinx got out again and ran away? Like, I don't, I, I I don't mean, know. Everything was destroyed. So, I mean. Yeah. What could he, like, really, what could he have done, though? That's a really good question. Uh, he, he was he was failing no matter what. From the second Jack found out about Jinx, Greg was fucked. Right. So like even if Greg got home first, if he if he let Jinx escape, so he wouldn't even be there. If he, I, I don't know. Yeah, there's no way to win on that yeah, one. Yeah. The, yeah, So really, that that whole race race be home bit is kind of pointless. <laughs> but it was entertaining nonetheless. Very, very. Um, what, what's your second one? And then the other one I have is, what if Greg just told the truth from the beginning? Um, I guess my question is, like, would Jack accept him right away? I mean, he's still got that male nurse thing, which obviously bothers Jack. But uh, is there instant acceptance? This guy's legit? Um, No, I don't think so. I think... I think Jack would have only been more upfront and assertive about his feelings for Greg. So, for example, in like the the pot smoking scene, or like the first time when when Greg, when, or when Jack asks Greg if he has ever like smoked pot before, right? If Greg was just like, I have, but I but I wouldn't call myself a pot smoker, kind of like he does at the end. Mm-hmm. Jack would be like, he'd probably get so pissed. <laughs> My Pam cannot be with a pot smoker. You know, it's like, yeah, exactly. if you know. try to corrupt my daughter. Yeah, exactly. Right. So I know I, the whole reason why at the end, Jack is accepting of Greg when Greg is totally open and honest. It's because of the arc that his character has already gone through and he sees how hurt Pam was by them mm-hmm. exiling Greg. So it like, that's what really makes him become nice i don't think it's necessarily the fact that greg is being open and honest which that definitely helps but um yeah i i, I don't yeah. see him being no i i, I agree with you there the i mean kevin also never won over jack until they were broken up and i there's no right. reason to believe kevin was a big liar too so who knows what uh what jack's deal was but yeah right so i got a couple of what ifs my first one is what if greg actually did lie about his mcat scores does Pam dump him? I think uh, I think that might be it because that's I would say yes. I mean that's that's the lie between them. You know, other right. than other than that, you know, Greg's doing everything because, you know, he clearly just wants to to have the support and to impress the family. Uh the MCAT is is like a character flaw if he lies about that. And uh yeah, I I mean the fact that Pam actually goes to seek out that score means that it was of some concern to her. So if uh if it came back and it was terrible, I think I think he's toast. Yeah, I agree. That's it. I mean, they've gone their whole relationship, he's been a male nurse and saying that he aced his MCATs but decided to skip medical school and become a nurse. So, yeah, he's fucked. Um my second one is what if Greg never loses his luggage? Ooh. I mean, this is this has serious implications to the entire movie because he doesn't have to wear Danny's clothes, which means Jack won't find the pipe 
in in that jacket he was wearing and think he's a stoner. Mm-hmm. He won't have to wear Kevin's speedo at in the pool scene and look like a total idiot. Jack won't find a strap-on dildo in the suitcase that he's looking at when Greg gets the wrong suitcase back and think even less of him. There are so many implications that that make Jack think less of Greg because of him not having his suitcase and not being able to have his own stuff with him. So what does that mean Hmm. if Greg never loses his luggage? I mean, he'd also have the ring, right? He'd also have the ring, yeah. Um, Wow. Uh, Wow. Uh, yeah, that's a good question. I think, I think it's still an uphill battle to get the acceptance of De Niro, like we've or De Niro of Jack, like we've talked about. But uh, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I part of me still thinks that Jack would find other things to, you know, to put against Greg. So I, I, I don't think it would be too much easier. And plus, the pot was kind of like a, a funny thing to to Jack and and Larry. Yeah. They kept making jokes about him being stoned. <laughs> so, yeah. so uh, I think Larry says something during the volleyball scene too. I can't remember, but oh god, he does. Uh, that's a really underrated scene too. It is. Um, it is. Besides the face, like not even for the fact that. Pam's sister gets hit in the face by Greg Spike, but it's like them shitting on it the whole <laughs> yeah. time, and like you gotta spike all, it. Um, um, nice shot, Iceman. Thanks, Maverick. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a good Owen Wilson nickname to give. Yeah, Iceman. <laughs> Iceman, way to go, Iceman. Thanks, Maverick. And then, and then later, he's uh, Greg's like, okay, Iceman. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, why can't he be Goose? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, oh it's so good. Uh, but no, um, to, to answer your question, it would it would still be uh, incredibly difficult. <laughs> it would be. So, Adam, tell me, if you could re- redo Meet the Parents in a different genre, which genre would you choose? I think I'd go with murder. <laughs> so, the <laughs> I feel like that's always the go-to. <laughs> the murder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It just makes everything exciting. So I love it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you remember the other Usher uh, disappeared. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's when they asked uh, Greg to be an Usher. So you know he had something come up, but I'd say that he uh, he disappears, and uh, the sense is that someone murdered him, and Greg is you know the obvious suspect. You know this could be kind of his way into the family. He can kind of show his worth you know, be the hero like he did for, you know, finding Jinx, even though it's the fake Jinx. Uh, and he has a track record of lying. And so, you know, he's he's kind of uh, suspect number one. But, you know, the question is, did he actually do it? So how does this unfold? I'm curious. You got you got me all, all jittery in my seat now. So uh, sp- I'll, I'll give you the spoilers on it. Greg is not the murderer. Uh, just the family was misled and the person who is leading the charge to accuse Greg is actually the one who committed the murder and it is Dr. Larry Banks. Yeah. <laughs> yes. uh, I'm going to say that yeah, Larry Banks so good. messed up a, uh, a plastic surgery for uh, this guy's mom and you know, they were going to press charges and sue and he was threatening to, you know, it would ruin his reputation. So 
he uh, he ends up killing this guy, and uh, oh my god, they never hear of it. I love it. So does he? So more people start to die though. No, it just no, it's no, just no. the one guy. Just just the one guy. Wow, that's awesome. So how do they? I, I'm really getting into this. How do they find out that it's that that it's Larry? Uh, good question. I uh, I haven't really thought that far, but um, I think. Oh, how about the uh, Jack ends up finding out? He's he's trying nice. to chase down and do some uh, some recon and Greg, and he stumbles upon you know some secret note or something that that Larry has hidden, and uh, he he uncovers it. That's awesome. Or he's maybe he stumbles upon the the records of the botched plastic surgery. Oh yes, starts putting it together. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Uh, so, wow, that's murder. great. Well, that, that I like that more than mine. But here, my, mine's a little more out there. Um, okay. I'm going horror. Nice. And uh, Jack is actually a flesh-eating vampire. <laughs> what? Who turns into? his vampire self only at night and so during the day he's normal none of his family members know that that this is him like he's still very loyal to his family he usually just flies out into the night and attacks people one night greg is up for a smoke which we both know he shouldn't be no nope. because pam is trying to get him to quit and he is he's addicted um he's, he's sitting on the roof with the cigarettes that got thrown up on there and he sees Jack flying back as a bat and then turn into his human self when he gets back inside the window. And he's like, oh, my God, Jack's a fucking vampire. And, Gre- and Greg tries to tell Pam and she thinks he's nuts. Um, and then eventually Greg is like, so now he's on to him and he sees Jack attack a neighbor in the middle of the night and then Jack sees Greg see him come when he comes back. And so it gets into a big whirlwind from there. So it eventually becomes Greg Fokker becoming the vampire slayer of Jack Burns. That's that is really out there. So is, is, uh, is Jack Burns a florist still as his, uh, as his cover? Um, yeah, sure. Okay. I, I, I mean, I, I love the floors cover up. The, the Jerusalem plant or the Jerusalem flower. <laughs> and he gets him the pot as the gift. And Jack's He's like, like oh, the, the, dirt. The, 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 the Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the, the, the Jerusalem, Jerusalem. <laughs> he doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. I care at all. And Greg, and Greg is like so excited to give it to him. Oh man, but no, but back to your uh, back to your vampire. I, I'm I'm trying to think. So Robert De Niro, he is the is he? It's still played by Robert De Niro. Oh yeah, you bet. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, Robert De Niro is a cold-blooded vampire. I love that Greg's having a smoke on the roof, and he uh, he sees it happen. Right. It's 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 like two a.m. He can't sleep. He's anxious, jittery because he hasn't had a cigarette in like four days. So he climbs up onto the roof to get the cigs, and then he sees Jack flying back from one of his attacks at night. <laughs> That's good. I mean, it's not far off. He does have a secret life, and you know whether it's CIA or vampire, it's <laughs> That's tough. Right. He, as a bet, he flew all the way to Kosimai. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, well done. So, having said that, if you could change one thing about the movie, just one thing, what would it be? 
So this is this was really tough, but and it's kind of more of a nitpick instead of one thing I'd necessarily change, but as 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 intelligent and as tough as Jack is, for a CIA agent, for a former CIA agent of more than 30 years, he's awfully gullible and kind of ignorant at, at times. And especially during the whole marijuana fiasco. Mm-hmm. I don't know if some of that is an act to seem kind of stupid to Greg or if he like is actually really dumb about it. Like, especially when he, I like, I think he might, it might be an act when they're in the car talking about Puff the magic dragon, mm-hmm. but when they're trying on their tuxes and he finds the, the pipe, it's like Denny's like, Oh, it's not mine. He's dad. clearly lying. And he, he's yeah. clearly lying. Yeah. Like, Pam, Pam says in the movie, my dad is a human lie detector. Obviously, he should be able to know that his son is lying up to him, and he, like, totally buys it. Mm-hmm. So it's like that doesn't really add up. So I don't know. I feel like he should be more consistent and aggressive, and they should have spun that in a different way where they he he becomes convinced that Greg is a stoner in a different way because that is like, you're, no, your son is clearly lying. Yep. I, I thought the same exact thing actually when I was watching it the other day and I I thought the only way to really save that one was if Denny was you know slowly becoming his dad and so like he was able to maybe play it off very well but he 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 didn't he was he was terrible yeah. there he was clearly lying so I'd like to yeah. also give a quick shout out to to that scene uh I won't name any names but uh, a good friend of ours it's it's what we just <laughs> yes. it's what, we, it's what we love to talk about. It's not mine. <laughs> he, it's not it's not mine. It's in his jacket. Yep. But it's not his. Uh, that's that's so good. So so. Uh, I agree with you there. I had one other one, and yeah. you know we we've, we've talked about it before, and it's pretty nitpicky as well. But you know, all the great comedies have like a hilarious side character, and Owen Wilson as Kevin is hilarious i I just want more i want like more of a dick um more involvement in the life and i think they do you know reintroduce him in the sequel and stuff like that but i i I eat it up so much and so i just i just need more of it really yeah i love those characters too um and i also like when when those characters are total dicks yeah, it just brings and, a whole new dynamic to the movie that it it's just it like throws everything off right when you're uh like right when things are starting to go your way and then you know Kevin pops back up. I, it it would just be great. <laughs> right. I I do like in the sequel when Kevin ends up being the one who officiates Kevin <laughs> yeah, he's wedding. staring at Pam. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The whole time that. he's just looking right at Pam. <laughs> well, well, so there, one of those, that moment is also in Meet the Parents when he's showing them the sculpture in the basement yeah, and he's Greg staring and Kevin at are talking. He's just like, yeah. And Greg's like looking, like, looking <laughs> he's like, me. what the fuck? Well, because well, I think Pam actually left the room then, but then Kevin and no, Greg are he's talking. He's looking and, off and, into and, the side. Yeah, he's right, looking at nothing. Because right. <laughs> Ke- Kevin's like, Kevin's like, you know, congratulations, man. And Greg's like, oh, thank you, thank you. I'm very lucky. And Kevin's like, wow. Yeah, we had some good times. <laughs> and then he stares really into the distance. Really good times. Yeah, he's just yeah. looking. 
And then Greg's like, what the fuck is this guy looking at? But then, yeah, in the second one, when he officiates their wedding and he's just, he like says some of the stuff and he stares at her for like 15 seconds. He's like, Kevin. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. It's, it's amazing. Oh, uh, that, that's um, a good point. So Mount Rushmore, Adam, does Meet the Parents make the Mount Rushmore for any actor in the film? Or even how about Jay Roche, the director? So I'll, I'll start with the director, Jay Roach. It does. So he's got the two Austin Powers, one and two. Um, he's I got gold member too. Did he do? Uh, did he do that one? I think so. Okay. I think so. He did. He did the first two Austin Powers before Meet the Parents. Yes. But then Gold Member was made a few years afterwards. Okay. Um. I guess regardless, I I, I throw Meet the Parents four. Yeah. as uh, as probably three or four. Yeah. He he did the campaign as well. <laughs> um, oh, is that with with Galifianakis and Will Ferrell? Yeah, it's pretty stupid, but yeah, I know. Uh, so. Yeah, he's got he's got some some pretty good. Um, you know, comedies in there. So I, I, uh, I do think Jay Roach is, it makes his, uh, Mount Rushmore. The only other one I would do is Ben Stiller actually. So, you know, he's, he's got some good side characters. So his, his role in happy Gilmore, I think is just amazing as the, as the nursing home, (laughs) uh, leader there um reuben pfeffer i we're gonna do a long cane poly at some point but that's that's incredible and white goodman i had was i I love ben stiller because these are all different roles and um the fourth one is is meet the parents in no particular order but all, all different roles for ben stiller i think they all deserve to be up there i agree uh you're not even talking about robert de niro i'm assuming yeah, I I, uh, <laughs> I wrote down Robert De Niro. I did no, but really, I mean, it it is close. I mean, to, like we've talked about it before, but to be able to switch gears and and do this is is phenomenal. But yeah, if, yeah. if we were to make a list, if we were to only consider Robert De Niro films made from like nineteen ninety five and upward, mm-hmm. it's possible it'd be on there. This but, this would probably uh, be number one or two for me. Yeah. yeah. I, it's hard, it's hard to think about, but it would be up there for me too, for sure. But yeah, um, I had it for Roach with Austin Powers in this. It Stiller was tough. Ben Stiller is one of my favorites. And um, you actually didn't say my one of my favorite Ben Stiller roles. It's as uh, Tony Perkis in Heavyweights. I, I knew you were going to bring that one up. Yep, It's one of my all-time favorites. So I have that in there. And I... Obviously, I have Along Came Polly in there. I have Zoolander in there. So you do have Zoolander, and so, okay. And so it came down to to three for me. It came down to Happy Gilmore, Meet the Parents, and Dodgeball. And I went with Meet the Parents. Nice. Yeah. I, I love it. Greg Fokker, Greg Fokker is a fantastic character of his, and he's the most realistic and relatable. Uh, his character as the living assistant like nurse like nursing guys whatever he is in in happy gilmore the the abusive guy is unbelievable but just because it it doesn't reach the same magnitude that his white goodman or greg fokker character does and then it fits between white goodman and white white goodman and greg fokker um i i just like greg fokker more he's a he's a better character i think I'm with you. Speaking of Fokker, by the way, this is an interesting note I just read, but um, there was some difficulty getting the last name Fokker 
added you know i, I said you're nodding your head yeah it's a they weren't sure if it would be you know there'd be a slip up to where they said fucker or something and so you could have <laughs> a an r-rated movie and so it would completely change everything but they had to prove out that there was a real last name of fucker and so they you know they brought it to the studios and they they eventually gave it the okay yeah, I read that too. That's so funny. But, but and ju- it's just funny to think that if if Fokker wasn't an actual last name, this movie would, would be. <laughs> I know. I wonder who that is. Um, I do have one honorable mention that we already talked about, but James Rebhorn. Um, oh yeah. You know, I I do actually have this on his Mount Rushmore. Um, I I haven't seen Scent of a Woman, but really good. My cousin Vinny is obviously there. Independence Day needs to be there. And then it was he's in Blank Check. I haven't oh, seen yeah. that in a he, long he, time. He play, he play, he plays the kid's dad in Blank Check. Yeah. Uh I'm not putting him in there, but I'm going to no. go my cousin Vinny Independence Day ahead of state and then uh meet the parents for for Red Horn. Nice. So he does sneak in there. He is really good in Scent of a Woman. Okay. Uh, well, I didn't even consider Red Horn for this. Well done. <laughs> yeah. So I actually considered Owen Wilson for this. Really? So so I said probably not, but it's close because Wedding Crashers is absolutely on there. Yep. Zoolander is absolutely on there. Uh, I have Royal Tenenbaums on there, and then it came down to three others. Meet the Parents, Life Aquatic, and The Internship. Come on. Come on, Brett. I don't think it really came down to three. I think you know damn well who that fourth role is. (laughs) And I gave it to The Internship. Yes. (laughs) Yes. One so, of the greatest worst movies of all time. <laughs> oh God, it's amazing! I can't again. I can't wait to do that on this pod. I, I, I can't. I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait to rewatch <laughs> it and to talk to you about that that atrocious yet incredible movie for an hour. Oh man! Uh, um, so it was close. It was close with Owen Wilson, though. That that's what I'm saying. It that Kevin in the Meet the Parents series is a really good character. Mm-hmm. No, he's he, really funny, and Owen Wilson is. So underrated. He doesn't really, get I, enough I, credit. No, not at all. Pe- people hate him. People don't like him. And I don't know why. I don't know either. I think he's just like, he's just like a dude. You know what I mean? He's just, just a little vanilla for some people maybe. But yeah, he's, yeah, I don't, I don't think a lot of people like his humor either. Like I don't think a lot of people think he's funny. Uh, he's just, I think he's fucking hilarious. I think he's underratedly funny where he, he, I, you know, he may not be the most naturally funny guy, but he has the timing and the whole, all the elements of comedy down really well. And I think he just he nails it. Yeah. Oh, I forgot to add Midnight in Paris on there. He's really okay. good in that movie, too. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, Owen Wilson is awesome. Way better than Luke. And if anyone says Luke <laughs> is better than Owen, they should go rot in a hole for the rest of their days. Um, there are some good Luke Wilson roles that we, we might preview at some point, but... <laughs> There are. Agreed. There, there definitely are. So, wow, this flew by, Adam. We have one question left. What is the most memorable thing about Meet the Parents, in your opinion? Kind of cheated here. I have three. Um, one of them I won't really talk about, but it's you know the new age of Robert De Niro. We've already touched on that. You know his transition, and uh, you know it was really a springboard for him. So super well done there. The second one I have is. Uh, and I have one more after this, but uh, th- this is this is you, Brett. I, I you know, I watched <laughs> this, this movie, me? and I'm like, this is this is Brett. <laughs> um, <laughs> you would lose your suitcase. Yeah, uh, I have lost my suitcase. You have. <laughs> um, 
you would uh, maybe maybe slip up, say bomb on an airplane accidentally. I don't know. Speaking of that tangent, I saw that someone. This is from the Wikipedia. I don't know if you saw this too. Someone uh, actually wrote on a when they were on an airplane on a napkin, bomb, 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 dot, 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 meet the parents. And so the plane ended up having to actually turn around and land in an emergency, and they kicked the guy no off. They brought way. a bomb squad out. Yeah, <laughs> so random. But oh my god, I did not. Hear uh, that. But I could see that happening to you. Um, yes. And uh, yeah, just the little things that like just just happen that just you know screw up. I'm not I'm not calling you a liar, but uh, I don't know. I just thought this is Brett. No, I I, I get that. I get that. So. Uh, yeah, had had to throw that out there. And then the last one I had, this was, this is more kind of high level, uh, bigger picture, but, uh, it's kind of what I put down is Jews coming to life. It's, uh, it's kind of the starts the kind of like the Jewish comedy in a way, um, of just laughing about Jewish nuances or, you know, I don't want to go like struggles cause it's like, you know, not knowing how to say grace pales in comparison to like struggles of a whole religion, but you know, look, little things like that, that show up in everyday life. And, you know, there's this, and then the next movie that comes to mind is like American pie where Jim and, you know, Steve Levy too. And, you know, so Jason Biggs, Steve, Levy, like they're, you know, they're Jewish and they're, they've got those kind of quirks, those, you know, quote Jewish quirks, I guess, if you will. And, um, I think it's exacerbated more in there than it is in, in, in meet the parents, but I think it kind of sets the tone for that type of comedy. So it kind of opens the door there. It's interesting. Yeah, that was really good. Um, I agree with all of those. Unfortunately, I agree with what you said about <laughs> me being it. I think that's one of the reasons why I like Greg Fokker as a character so much, because I personally find him incredibly relatable the whole jewish thing aside like mm-hmm. all the mishaps he get in, gets involved in it's all out of good intentions you know yeah like that that is usually what happens with me like i have the best intentions in mind but i get so anxious and paranoid about it and i go so out of my way to outperform <laughs> that it's like i fuck it all <laughs> up so yes but it's like really funny fuck me. up. It's, you know, it's not like you're doing right. something tragically terrible to someone or intentionally at all, but right, it's funny. Right. Like, like I probably wouldn't spray paint a cat. Um, but, but you might set an altar on fire. Like, no, but like, okay. The scene when he sets the altar on fire is kind of, you kind of see that happen because <laughs> yeah. all he really wants to do is like, he accidentally let the cat out. So he's chasing the cat and then he just wants to get a cigarette. And then mm-hmm. he just like slips and falls. So I, I mean, <laughs> it makes sense. But um, so yes, in terms of what's the most memorable thing about Meet the Parents for me, uh, I the 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 springboard into Robert De Niro's second act of his career. That's that's right on the money with me too. Uh, I'm such a big Robert De Niro fan, also, and it's it, it's it's really cool to follow his filmography and to kind of get to that point where you know he's he's putting that tough guy persona aside and acting in comedies. And granted, you know, I wouldn't say his career has been better. Like obviously the, the highlight of his career is what he did in the, in the seventies. And, um, but it's, it's really cool to see him, to see him do that. Not many actors can do that as we've said. So that, and um, also I feel like meeting your significant other's parents has 
never been the same after this movie. <laughs> I mean, obviously the the name Meet the Parents is it's like everyone knows that movie, but it, it's really changed what it's changed what it means to meet your your significant other's parents and has made all made many straight men at least. You know, I I think it brings the stereotype about straight men meeting their their girlfriend's fathers mm-hmm. for the most part. Uh, I mean, it, it could just be a, a a very poor judgment on my end, but it's at least from from my lens, that's the way it kind of comes off. That that um, car ride with both of them in there, puff the magic jar, like that, that has happened to every guy and a uh, yeah. and a father, you know, of a, of a girlfriend or something like some form or another. It's yeah, it's where there. it's really awkward. It's 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 like okay, you're the guy, but like that's been the guy in her life, her whole life. Mm-hmm. So it, you know, and, and there's some pressure there, and this movie really heightened that pressure a lot. So uh, that that for me, and then also as as you said perfectly, I can't say it any better. Highlighting the nuances with with Jewish comedy and Jewish humor, and I think Ben Stiller over his career has been one of the architects of doing that. I think Jerry Seinfeld may have started that with you know sh- short snippets on television, but. Um, yeah, Ben Stiller has been in film. Ben Stiller has been so good with that over the years. It's been perfect. Absolutely, so he's he's, he's the uh, the pioneer of the movement. Yeah, he's one of them. So, um, Adam, this was awesome. I love Meet the Parents. I, it's a great series. Um, wonderful cast. Great story. Amazing writing. So this was fun. Let's do it again. Yeah, absolutely. Till next time. Thanks, everybody.